stands bright above. Here I stand to greet my friends, all things to know and love. Good morning, dear Earth. Good morning, dear sun. Good morning, dear stones and the flowers, everyone. Good morning, dear beasts and the fish in the sea. Good morning to you and good morning to me. Lira, 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 in the spring, Orioles and Robins sweetly sing. From the leafy branches you will hear. Tira, Lira, Lira, ringing clear. A little brown bulb went to sleep in the ground. In his little brown nightie, he slept so sound. Old winter he roared and he raged overhead, but the little brown bulb did not move in his bed. Until springtime came tiptoeing under the trees, with fingers to lips and soft as a breeze. The little brown bulb, he just lifted his head, slipped off his nightie, and, and jumped out of bed. Five little monkeys sitting in a tree, teasing Mr. Crocodile. You can't catch me. Along comes Mr. Crocodile, quiet as can be, and snaps one monkey right out of that tree. Four little monkeys sitting in a tree, teasing Mr. Crocodile. You can't catch me. Along comes Mr. Crocodile, quiet as can be, and snaps one monkey right out of that tree. Three little monkeys sitting in a tree, teasing Mr. Crocodile. You can't catch me. Along comes Mr. Crocodile, quiet as can be, and snaps one monkey right out of that tree. Two little monkeys. Sitting in the tree, teasing Mr. Crocodile. You can't catch me. Along comes Mr. Crocodile, quiet as can be, and snaps one monkey right out of that tree. One little monkey sitting in the tree, teasing Mr. Crocodile. You can't catch me. Along comes Mr. Crocodile, quiet as can be, and snaps one monkey right out of that tree. No little monkey sitting in the tree, teasing Mr. Crocodile. You can't catch me. Along comes Mr. Crocodile, quiet as can be, and says, that's what you get for teasing me. Okay, let's get down right close to the ground and listen. Something is going on down under the ground. Listen closely to the sound. Who is this I hear deep down in the ground, hacking and cracking the rocks and the stones? Is it the squirrel scampering so, gathering acorns to and fro? No, it's not the squirrel. Then who is this I hear, deep down in the ground, hacking and cracking the rocks and the stones? Is it the bear, so big and bold, stomping around in the winter cold? No, 
it's not the bear. Then who is this I hear? Deep down in the ground, hacking and cracking the rocks and the stones. Listen closely to the sound. Listen closely to the sound. Behold the gnomes under the hill. Their tiny hammers are never still. They sing and work deep underground, and as they tap, the rocks resound. Crack, crack, the rocks we hack. Quake, quake, the mountain shake. Bang, bang, our hammers clang. In caverns old, we seek the gold. The Root Children under the ground, deep in the earth, and among the roots of the trees, the little root children were fast asleep all winter long. They felt nothing of the biting wind, the cold snow, or the stinging hailstorms. They slept peacefully in their warm burrows. They were dreaming of the sunshine in which they had played all through the summer, and what wonderful dreams they were. When at last winter came to an end and the sun began to melt the snow, Mother Earth came along with her candle to wake them up again. Wake up, children, she called kindly. Time to get up now. You've slept long enough. Spring is coming and there's work to be done. I've brought you scissors, needles, thread and pieces of cloth so that you can all make new clothes. Wake up. As soon as you're ready, I'll unlock and open the doors up to the ground. The children yawned and stretched. Then they jumped up merrily. Hooray! Spring is coming. Mother Earth had pieces of lovely coloured cloth in her basket. Each of the root children chose her own colour to make a dress. The snowdrop chose a snow-white cloth. The forget-me-not, a sky-blue piece. The buttercup, bright yellow. The daisy, white with yellow and a bit of red. And the poppy, the bright red. Then they sat down in a cosy circle and began to work busily. They cut, they sewed and pressed until everything fitted exactly, and as they worked, they sang all the spring songs they knew. As soon as they had finished making their new dresses, they went up to Mother Earth in a long procession. Mother Earth looked over her spectacles in surprise when she saw the root children coming so soon. Well, well, you have been quick, she exclaimed, and how nice it all looks. Even the little ants who had been helping Mother Earth to wind up her wool came to look inquisitively. They had never seen such splendid clothes. But there was still more to be done. The ladybirds, the beetles, the grubs and the bumblebees had also been sleeping under the ground and had now woken up. They had to be washed and brushed, painted colourfully and made to shine so that they would look as beautiful as possible. What a hustle and bustle was going on down there. Above ground, the warm sun was already bringing out the new green leaves on the trees. Would the root children be ready in time? At last it was really springtime. Mother Earth opened the door, then out into the warm sunshine came the procession of beetles, ladybirds and root children. In the woods, the butterflies fluttered happily around the flowers. The lilies of the valley found a cool spot in the shade of the trees beside the blue violet, and there they let their flower bells tinkle. There, too, 
old father slip-slap, slip-slap, came slowly creeping along. Ha! There you all are. Welcome to the big forest, he called to the children. The little violet looked at him shyly from her safe place behind her tree. She had never seen such a creature before. Summer came in the little brook that flowed between the meadows. The water lily let herself be carried over the water like a princess. The reeds whispered in the wind. The forget-me-nots came and stepped carefully into the water. But the beetles grumbled. It's getting too crowded here. Go and play somewhere else. In the flower meadows, the root children were having a high time. They danced nimbly in the warm sunshine. Hop and skip. Whoopee! What fun! If only it were always summer. The butterflies fluttered above them, and even the beetle risked a dance. The crickets chirped, the bees buzzed, and that was their music. Mind out, little grass. Don't fall down. But summer soon came to an end. The sharp autumn wind whirled the brightly coloured leaves through the air and tugged at the root children's clothes. Ho, called the wind, hurry home, it's getting cold here, it's time to go to bed. So they all went back again in a long procession. Mother Earth was standing by the door and hugged each child one by one. Come in, children, she said, and you too, beetles and bees. It's warm and cosy in here, and I've got something for you all to eat and drink. After that, you must all go to sleep until I wake you up again in the springtime. And all the little root children went down under the ground again to start their long winter sleep. Snip, snap, snap. Our story is all told out. The Sweet Porridge Once upon a time, there was a girl and her mother, and they lived in a little house in the forest. The little girl was very good and very kind, and so was her mother, but they were very poor, and so they often didn't have enough money for all the things that they would like to eat. One day, the little girl and her mother went out for a walk in the great forest, and as they were walking along, they met an old woman. Old woman called them over, and she said to the little girl and her mother, Come here, I have a present for you. Take this pot. It is a magic pot. When you say to it, Cook, little pot, cook, it will bubble up with sweet porridge. When you say, Stop, little pot, stop, then the pot will stop. The little girl and her mother thanked the old woman most kindly and took the pot home with them. They were quite hungry when they got home, so they sat down at their little table and put the pot right in the middle. Then the mother said, Cook, little pot, cook! And the pot bubbled up with sweet porridge. And the little girl and her mother ate, and they ate, and they ate, until they were quite full and very sleepy. So the mother said to the pot, Stop, little pot, stop! And the little pot stopped cooking. They put the pot away on the shelf and went to their little beds and fell asleep. The next day, the mother woke up and the little girl woke up too. The mother said to her daughter, Daughter, I must go out today to the shops. 
You may stay here and mind the house. Wait patiently for me and keep things neat and tidy. The little girl said that of course she would and off went her mother to the shops. The little girl kept the house very neat, swept the floor, was ever so good and waited patiently. But after a while she grew quite hungry. So she took down the little pot from the shelf, set it on the table and said, Cook, little pot, cook. And the little pot bubbled up with sweet porridge. And the little girl ate and ate and ate until she had had enough and then she said, That's enough pot. But the little pot kept on cooking and the porridge bubbled up and up and over the edge of the pot. And the little girl became quite worried and she said, Oh, pot, stop. The little pot kept on and on cooking and the porridge bubbled up over the side and out onto the table and it bubbled right across the table and started to drip down onto the floor and the little girl climbed up on a chair and said, Oh, oh no, pot! And the pot did not stop cooking and the little girl began to cry and just then her mother came home and her mother said, Stop, little pot, stop. And the pot stopped cooking. But from that day on, if they wanted to go out of the house again, they had to take a spoon and eat their way out. Snip, snap, snap. Our story is all told out. Little Briar Rose A long time ago, there were a king and queen who said every day, Ah, if only we had a child, but they never had one. It happened one day that the queen was bathing, and a frog crept out of the water onto the land, and the frog said to her, Your wish shall be fulfilled. Before a year has gone by, you shall have a little daughter. What the frog had said came true, and the queen had a little girl who was so pretty that the king could not contain himself for joy and ordered a great feast. He invited not only his kindred friends and his acquaintances, but also the wise women, in order that they might be kind and well disposed towards the child. There were thirteen of them in his kingdom, but he only had twelve golden plates for them to eat out of. One of them had to be left at home. The feast was held with all manner of splendour, and when it came to an end, the wise women bestowed their magic gifts upon the baby. One gave virtue, another beauty, a third riches, and so on, with everything in the world that one can wish for. When the eleven of them had made their promises, suddenly the thirteenth came in. She wished to avenge herself for not having been invited, and without greeting or even looking at anyone, she cried aloud, The king's daughter shall in her fifteenth year prick herself with a spindle and fall down dead. And without saying a word more, she turned around and left the room. They were all shocked. 
that the twelfth, whose wish remained unspoken, came forward, and as she could not undo the evil sentence, but only soften it, she said, Shall not be death, but a deep sleep of a hundred years, into which the princess shall fall. The king, who would fain keep his dear child from the misfortune, gave orders that every spindle in the whole kingdom should be burned. Meanwhile, the gifts of the wise woman were plenteously fulfilled on the young girl, for she was so beautiful, modest, good-natured, and wise. Everyone who saw her was bound to love her. It happened that on the very day when she was fifteen years old, the king and queen were not at home, and the maiden was left in the palace quite alone. So she went round all sorts of places, looking into rooms and bedchambers, just as she liked, and at last she came to an old tower. She climbed up the narrow winding staircase and reached a little door. A rusty key was in the lock, and when she turned it, the door sprang open, and there, in a little room, sat an old woman with a spindle, busily spinning her flax. Good day, old mother, said the king's daughter. What are you doing there? I'm spinning said the old woman, and nodded her head. What sort of thing is that, that rattles around so merrily, said the girl, and she took the spindle, and wanted to spin too. But scarcely had she touched the spindle, when the magic decree was fulfilled, and she pricked her finger with it. In that very moment, when she felt the prick, she fell down upon the bed that stood there, and lay in a deep sleep and this sleep extended over the whole of the palace. The king and queen, who had just come home and had entered the great hall, began to go to sleep, and the whole of the court with them. The horses, too, went to sleep in the stable. The dogs went to sleep in the yard. The pigeons upon the roof. The flies on the wall. Even the flyer that was flaming on the hearth became quiet and slept. The roast meat left off sizzling, and the cook fell asleep too. The wind fell on the trees before the castle, and not a leaf moved again. But round about the castle there began to grow a hedge of thorns, which every year became higher and at last grew up so close around the castle and all over it, so that there was nothing to be seen, not even the flag up on the roof. But the story of the beautiful sleeping briar rose, for so the princess was named, went about the country, so that from time to time the king's sons came and tried to get through the fort thorny hedge into the castle. the story of the beautiful sleeping briar rose, for so the princess was named, went about the country, so that from time to time the king's sons came and tried to get through the thorny hedge into the castle. But they found it impossible, for the thorns held fast together as if they had hands, and the youths were caught in them, and they could not get loose. After long, long years, the king's son came again into that country. He heard an old man talking about the thorn hedge, 
and that a castle was said to stand behind it, which was wonderfully beautiful, and contained a beautiful princess named Briar Rose, who had been asleep for a hundred years, and that the king and the queen, and even the whole court, were asleep likewise. He had heard, too, from his grandfather, that many king's sons had already come and had tried to get through the thorny hedge, but that they remained sticking fast in it. Then the youth said, I am not afraid, I will go and see the beautiful Briar Rose. The good old man might dissuade him as he would, but he did not listen. But by this time, a hundred years had just passed, and the day had come when Briar Rose was to awaken again. When the king's son came near the thorn hedge, it was nothing but large and beautiful flowers, which parted from each other of their own accord and let him pass unhurt, when they closed again behind him like a hedge. In the castle yard he saw the horses and the spotted hound lying asleep. On the roof sat the pigeons with their heads under their wings, and when he entered the house, the flies were asleep upon the wall. He went farther on, and in the great hall he saw the whole of the court lying asleep, and up on the throne lay the king and the queen. Then he went on still farther, and all was so quiet that a breath could be heard. And at last he came to the tower, and opened the door into the little room where Briar Rose was sleeping. There she lay so beautiful that he could not turn his eyes away, and he stooped down and gave her a kiss. But as soon as he kissed her, Briar Rose opened her eyes and awoke and looked at him quite sweetly. Then they went down together, and the king awoke, and the queen, and the whole court woke up, and looked at each other in great astonishment, and the horses in the courtyard stood up and shook themselves, and the hounds jumped up, wagged their tails, the pigeons upon the roof pulled their heads out from under their wings and looked around, and they flew out into the open country, the flies on the wall crept again, the fire in the kitchen burned up and flickered and cooked the meat, and the joint began to turn and sizzle again, and then the marriage of the king's son with Briar Rose was celebrated with all splendour, and they lived contented to the end of their days. Snip, snap, snow. Our story is all told out. The House on the Hill Once upon a time, a curly-tailed pig said to his friend the sheep, I am tired of living in a pen. I'm going to build me a house on the hill. Oh, may I go with you? said the sheep. What can you do to help? asked the pig. I can haul the logs for the house, said the sheep. Good, said the pig, you are just the one I want. You may go with me. As the pig and the sheep walked and talked about their new house, they met a goose. Good morning, pig, said the goose. Where are you going this fine morning? We are going to build a house on the hill. I am tired of living in a pen, said the pig. Oh, said the goose, may I go with you? What can you do to help? asked the pig. I can gather moss and stuff it into the cracks to keep out the rain. Good, said the pig and the sheep, you are just the one we want, you may go with us. 
As the pig and the sheep and the goose walked and talked about their new house, they met a rabbit. Good morning, rabbit, said the pig. Good morning, said the rabbit. Where are you going this fine morning? We are going to the hill to build us a house. I am tired of living in a pen, said the pig. Oh, said the rabbit. May I go with you? What can you do to help? asked the pig. I can dig holes for the posts of your house, said the rabbit. Good, said the pig and the sheep and the goose. You are just the one we want. You may go with us. As the pig and the sheep and the goose and the rabbit walked and talked about their new house, they met a rooster. Good morning, rooster, said the pig. Good morning, said the rooster. Where are you going this fine morning? We are going to build us a house. I am tired of living in a pen, said the pig. The rooster flapped his wings. Oh, 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 he crowed. May I go with you? What can you do to help? asked the pig. I can be your clock, said the rooster. I will crow every morning and waken you at daybreak. Good, said the pig and the sheep and the goose and the rabbit. You are just the one we want. You may go with us. Then they all went happily to the hill. The pig found the logs for the house. The sheep hauled them together. The rabbit dug the holes for the posts. The goose stuffed moss into the cracks to keep out the rain. And every morning, the rooster crowed to waken the workers. When at last the house was finished, the rooster flew up to the very top of it and crowed and crowed and crowed. Snip, snap, snow. Our story is all told out. This is a story from Nana Mary. Once upon a time, there was a little bunny who was very shy. He lived in a cozy rabbit hole with his mother bunny. And all day long, they got to do all of the things they liked and have a very cozy time. But one day, the shy bunny woke up early and asked his mother, What are we going to do today? Shall we go out? No, said his mother bunny, we shall not. But mother, said the shy bunny, you usually want to go out and do so many things. Why not? Well, said the mother, we are going to have a resting time. Well then what shall we do, said the shy bunny. Oh, we'll do many things, said the mother bunny. First you can help me make the breakfast. And the shy bunny and his mother made dandelion tea and a little wheat wheat grass. That was a very good breakfast. But after it was done, the shy bunny said, Now what shall we do? May we go out? No, said the mother bunny, we may not. Oh, said the shy bunny, well, can we read a book? Yes, said the mother bunny, we can certainly read a book. And they curled up very cozy and read their favourite book. And after a while, the shy bunny said, Now may we go? No, said the mother bunny. We are going to stay at home and have a nice day of resting. What can we do, said the shy bunny. You can help me make some lunch, said the mother bunny. And they made a very good carrot soup. And when that was done, the shy bunny helped his mother clean up. After he had had such a yummy soup, he was full of energy and ready to play, and he said to his mother, What can we do? Oh, said the mother bunny, well, we could just pop outside, just outside our door, and lie in the sun for a while. And so they went outside, and they lay in the sun, and they looked at the grass and the flowers and the trees far away, 
and you listen to the birds and saw the clouds going by. And after a while, the little bunny fell fast asleep in the warm sun. When he woke up, the sun was starting to go down and it was time to go inside. Come on, said his mother bunny. Let's go inside and do our jobs. We can clean up our little house and get ready to make a good supper. The little bunny yawned and stretched. He was ready to go inside and do his work. And then he tucked into his cozy little rabbit bed and his mother read him his favourite story. And after that, he fell fast asleep. Snip, snap, snap. Our story is all told.